don't know this, that's my lady friend. I don't know why she married me either. Let's just cut straight to that end. I used to work with somebody, and her first name may have been Monica. She's not here today, but I'm trying to give you a reference of this, and Monica met my wife working in the same company. And then later on, several other people came to me and said, you know, Monica met your wife, and she said your wife is beautiful. And I said, oh, she is. Well, Monica was kind of wondering why she went out with you. <laughs> but they weren't kidding. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. So just a, just a couple quick thoughts uh, to tag on for announcements. First of all, I do take those welcome cards very seriously. I know my dad also took them very seriously. Uh, if you write a comment on there or a prayer need or a call, we take them seriously. Every now and then I look at them and somebody has a box checked and I see if it's Ryan Spellacy. How should I react to that? That's all I'm going to say. All right. Two quick announcements. First, there's a worship night coming September 28th. Not this Wednesday, a week from Wednesday. And the 27th. Don't come the 28th. That would be a horrible night. It's the 27th, a week from Wednesday. And uh, it's here in the building. Come and just worship. It's from 7 to 8. Um, and we're just going to seek God. We're seeking God about adding new service. We're seeking God because he's God. We're seeking God because he's God. We're seeking God because of adding a new service. You get the idea, right? Okay, another thing. This Wednesday is Rosh Hashanah service. It's uh, hosted by Beth Messiah. If you have never been to a Rosh Hashanah service, especially one that connects to Messiah, Jesus, come to this one. And if you have been to one, if you go, oh, yeah, that one's cool, come back. Okay? All tickets will be paid for by Judy Gavin. It's free. It's free. Invite Jewish friends. And I'll tell you, this is the truth. In synagogues, the holidays, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, they sell tickets, and they're quite a substantial fundraiser. It's not uncommon, and I'm not kidding, I'm giving you real numbers here, overflow seating in Rosh Hashanah, in other words, where just the video cameras televise the service, can be over $400 a ticket. So when we say we have free seats, it means something. Seats in the front, you can spend over $2,000 for a ticket. And that is the truth. I, I, and I'm talking in the Milwaukee area. Okay, we are free. Free doesn't mean bad, by the way. Free means free. I just want to tell you, it's an excellent service. Okay, back to my okay. I want to share something that I believe is reported to be true, that uh, letters, have, children have written letters to their pastor. And I think my dad shared something about this years ago. This is another one. It just makes me smile. I kind of would like to get some of these letters from your kids. Ryan, no ideas? All right. Arnold, age eight, writes his pastor, I know God loves everybody, but he never met my sister. <laughs> Stephen, age 8, said, I would like to go to heaven someday because I know my brother won't be there. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? Some of you may still feel that way. Lauren, age 9, I think a lot more people would come to your church if you moved it to Disneyland. You know what, Lauren? I think so, too. Alexander, age 10, Please say a prayer for our Little League team. We need God's help or a new pitcher. <laughs> Isn't that kind of cheating when you need God on your side? I thought it was cheating. Yeah, we pray the Packers win. The, the, the other team would stand no chance if God, you know. You get the idea. Joshua, age 10. 
My father says I should learn the Ten Commandments. But I don't think I want to because we have enough rules already in our house. <laughs> Pretty good. Ralph, age 11. I liked your sermon on Sunday, especially when you finished it. There's a morale check. That's one I don't want to read from your kids. Well, we are, you know, I suppose like these kids, there's a, we have a, our own congregational culture here, don't we? And we've been talking for some time about two services. And maybe I think I first announced it, what, a month ago or something like that, five weeks ago. Going to two services. This morning, this message is a little bit different. This message is not typical uh, this is really a message about our congregation. If you're a visitor or a grace site, an old-timer, this is about us. And this is about a little bit about what makes us tick and why we're doing some of the things that we're doing. So I hope that it's informative in that way. And I, when all said and done, I want you to see how we view the Lord in this, because that's really what drives it, what the Lord is doing in our midst. We st- I started talking about our good problems our seating problem. And I started talking about it in the beginning of January, our first message of the year, our good problems. Now, right now, I know it still looks like there's two, but if all the kids were in here, we would have looked more full, wouldn't we? And more full, and we know there's still people gone. In fact, next week, I know there's a whole group of you going to a wedding in Philadelphia. It's going to be like a summer season all over again. But we do have a legitimate seating issue. And there has been times for, I mean, I, I feel sorry for anybody who comes a couple minutes late. I've watched them in the back, and they've kind of got this, and the ushers are trying to figure out. You can just see it's a legitimate issue. We've been talking about it, again, as a good problem. It's a good problem to have. I would rather have that problem than three people walking into a room that seats 400 with seats for 400. I remember one time, way back, my youth group, I went on a choir trip, and we traveled through through a bunch of Midwestern states. And we sang songs and did skits and that sort of thing. And I remember we were in uh, Indiana, southern Indiana, and we had stopped in a church. It was a big church. It probably seated about 500. And there were, uh, I believe, 11 of us on stage and nine people watching for their regular evening service, not even a special service. I never forgot that. And they didn't even all sit together. We had a couple of people here, some people way back there. And then, of course, all of us on stage. We were more, we could, you know, we could have, we were bigger than them. You get the idea. So we have this good problem, this good challenge. What do we do about seats? Now, in that time, since January till, I guess, we made the decision to start a second service, a number of you had a bunch of ideas. I mean, some good ideas. Some of them we really thought about and we really prayed about. Some of the ideas included having, should we just, Televise the service in the cafe, or should we televise it downstairs? Should we ask the children to not be in church for worship and have them sit uh, in the Sunday school room for the whole service? Maybe we'll free up seats that way. There were a number of ideas that came. They were good to hear. They were good to consider. We decided not, obviously, on doing any of the ideas, not because we didn't like them. We just think the idea of the second service was a better idea. That's kind of the one that won out in the long run. All the ideas have some merit to it. But again, we went with this one. It was a hard decision, but it's an exciting decision. So before I get into some of the real rationale, I want to read some scriptures, and I want to give you, this is a tone uh, I'm going to share of how I look at 
some of the things that we do at church. And you'll hear me say statements around this, but this is a tone. This is truly how I feel about our church, about our congregation. This is a tone about how I feel about my life, really. And I could give you examples that I've been trying to walk in this, uh, this concept since 1984. It's a very real deal to me. But the scriptures we're going to read, we're just going to pull the concepts out of the scriptures. So I think you'll follow. All right, go ahead. Let's look at the first one here, Dylan. Philippians 3, not that I have already obtained this or am I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. Now, this is where I like it. This is where it gets juicy for me. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I press on. Paul's talking about pressing on. This is a very personal statement from Paul. I'm going more, I'm pressing on more into this. Let's look at the next Ephesians 5, I'm sorry, 15, 16. Look carefully then how you walk, not as, not as in wise, but wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. The best use of time. I'm acutely aware of my life length. It happens as we get older. The older you get, the less length we have. My dad's got this great expression, life's like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. Right? I'm acutely aware of my life length. Every year, and I'm also kind of a goal-driven person, and it, it started in 1984 for me. In New Year's, I would pray in the New Year, and I would spend the first part of my prayer thinking about where I was and reflecting where I've been for that year. Spiritually, what spiritual milestones have I accomplished? Some years, I did not have many spiritual milestones to reflect on. They were lean years for me spiritually. I didn't use my time well. Then there are other years where I can look back and go, whoa, I don't remember all the things that I've accomplished. The one thing that's been consistent since 1984 in all of my reflections is my years of accomplishment had something to do with my attitude to do something. If I didn't accomplish anything, I didn't have the right attitude for it. Are you with me on that? It's amazing. If you and I would stand out on the sidewalk and think, we should go shopping. And fans, we're not going to make it to where we want to go shopping. We have to go. So the attitude to go has to be there. So this is a very important thing. And we, we press on. Now, I want to pause for a minute. I want to say we do need to learn to be content in our circumstances. The Lord is with us. But we also have the principle that the Bible talks about with our talents. God gives us certain things, and he wants us to grow and cultivate those things. It's a very clear standard. If there's something I'm good at, I need to do it more. Something I'm not good at, I need to really pay attention to it. If there's something you're good at, you need to do it more for God's glory. All for God's glory. All for God's glory. So we're content in our circumstances, but we always strain forward. God, what else can I be doing? How can I develop and deepen my relationship with you? How can I make the most of the resources you've given me? Are you with me? So here we are with this idea of a second chance. We know we've got the good problem. What do we do? And this is the issue. Second service, we think, is the very best thing we can try. We can make the most of our resources here in the building. It's a guaranteed way to have open seats. So let's do it. Let's give it a shot. 
we're going to do it. And that's kind of how the rationale came to be. But that mindset behind it, always striving forward, always looking ahead, always moving up the way, is something that is a constant, lifelong take for us. The great word this morning about, you know, we can live our way or God's way. And if we're moving up the way with God, we have to be moving in God's way. There's no satisfaction of life moving our way. We have short-term satisfaction, but nothing that really sticks. So we move up the way, and as a church, we do the same thing. You know, there's a, there's a kind of a joke. I don't know that many of you have heard it, but it's, it's truly something that's out there. If you want to stop a church from growing, all you have to do is buy a building. And there's a lot of wisdom in it. How many of you have heard that before? Anybody? One? Maybe half a dozen of you? The, the rationale behind it is, once you move into a building, it kind of fills out, everybody gets comfortable, and voila, you're done. Churches that, that move continue to grow. And I'm not talking just numeric growth here. I'm talking individual growth, talents are tested, life is challenged in good ways, and real spiritual growth. And of course, as we have outreaches, we just tell people about the Lord. There's growth. All right. I want to mention this. The idea of it going to two services to me just sort of makes sense. I just kind of think it seems right. Seems to make more sense than having a video camera televisor service or it seems to make more sense than doing some of the other things that are out there. If you think about the last couple years, anybody who's been around for that time, you know we've been kind of on this journey, right? We started with really revisiting our building. How do we use our building? Do we use our space well? Does it make sense? Is it up to date? Is it safe? And we started looking at it in our building and doing it bit by bit by bit for a couple years. We think we've got a building that's designed well for our use. And all of the rooms now, they've been uh, revisited and added to, and there's still some being added to, to make it more of an efficient use of our building, give, give us more opportunities here. We revisited, <coughs> excuse me, our vision. This was several years ago, but we needed this. We needed to have a sense as a congregation, a really tight statement that said, this is what we do. We reach our church neighborhood. We care and we reach the people that we touch daily, our local political leaders, and the Jewish community. This is very important to us. They're not random things. By the way, don't forget, if you weren't here last week, you may not have heard, I've been invited on September 26th to pray uh, an invocation for the Milwaukee Common Council. So pl please pray for that. Remember, uh, remember me, and I want to do an honorable thing by God, and introduce that group just to Lord, really, as much as I can. I want to share the gospel that they can hear, if they don't already. Uh, and one thing we also did in the last couple years, is we used to have a midweek service, we stopped our midweek service, and we really focused on home groups. This was a big shift for us. So between revisiting our building use, looking at our vision, and really looking at uh, more of a home group focus as, as opposed to a midweek focus, we think... We have more capacity for visitors or people to join home groups. Midweeks would have been tough. We think our building can be used more creatively than ever before. And again, because of the tight vision that the Lord laid in our hearts, we have a specific target of how we want to share the gospel. It makes sense to think 
this is the time to go, consider going to two services. We've got the infrastructure in place. I need to tell you something about a church community. If you don't know this, and I want to be really clear, are you ready? We're a good church. We have good people. I am proud to be a member of Grace Christian Fellowship. We care about each other. We love the Lord. We're good and faithful in our ministry. Why wouldn't we We had like, la, 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 la. would we want people to come here? No, they can go to the other church. <laughs> I'm not really picking on a different church, but we're a good church. We got a good thing going. If we've been a grace site, if you've been a grace site for any length of time, you go, yeah, man, I know people here. It's great. Are we perfect? What's the answer to that, Mike? No, we're not perfect. We're not. We know we're not. Of course we're not. You may have a list in your head. Well, you know, Jim, we should be better at this and this and this. And I've noticed we have some of this that's not going on. We're, we're straining forward. We're moving up the way. We will hit perfection in heaven. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect church or perfect congregation. There's, it just doesn't exist. If you would write a list of all the things that you wish would be in a perfect place, Good luck to you. It's not, I mean, you're not going to find that place. But I believe that our heart is right in our people. We're good people. We serve a good God. And he has led us for many years, and he'll keep leading us. So why wouldn't we want people to be here? Peter, can you think of a reason? Not a one. By the way, poor Peter had his shoulder surgery. Poor guy, I see you clapping today, hitting the chair back. It's very hard to clap one-handed, isn't it? I broke my collarbone. It was impossible. Flipper. So, I, you know, I don't know how to, I would have been praying about this message. I've been praying about this message now for several weeks, specifically because I know it's a unique kind of message, and I knew it's a, it's a grace message, and I'm thinking of us and sharing like family today. And I gotta tell you, I get to, I stop at one thought every time, and it's this this thought that we're a great church. Why don't we want more people to come? Of course we do. If I I feel like this is me personally, I'm sharing my heart here. I feel like if I got up behind the pulpit and said we're a great church, let's have more people come. Let's tell them about us. And then God got off and sat down. It would be a good good sermon. Are we perfect? No, but we, we are striving that way. So we think, why not a second service? We'll revisit it in 12 months. In 12 months, if it's not going well, Nick, what do you think we'll do? Do this. We'll shut it down. You're right. But we're going to revisit. We're going to give it a shot. We have nothing to lose. Built in our deal. I mean, really, what are we going to lose? Nothing. Time. Judy, you got a lot of time. 
if the Lord sees us trying with our hearts and our lifestyles to worship him by planting a second service, I don't think he's going to be offended. You talk about an extension of lifestyle worship, looking to add a second service isn't going to cause any problems with God. I got to think he's going to be pleased by it. Don't you? So I'm going to give you some details. And we'll just cut through these quickly, but I want to give you a sense of what we're doing moving forward. 12-month trial. We're going to do it. Again, 12 months. You may look at this two months from now and say, Jim, this is going horribly. I'm going to look back at you and say, 10 more months. (laughs) Is that fair? If anybody else says to you, oh, this was a bad idea, you look at them and you tell them how much time is left. No criticisms till the end. We go in eyes wide open knowing there's going to be some challenges and knowing that we're going to flex and we're going to grow with it. Let me give you an example of a challenge. Are you ready? Let's say we have our two services. Hypothetically, that we've started, we've launched our second service. By the way, let's see what times those are. Go ahead, Jerry. Just to to keep it straight, there's no 10 o'clock service. That means everybody in the room, you're going to have to make a decision. Hmm. 9 or 10.45. So let's say we've got our two services. You've made your decision. You picked your service, and you walk in, and you go, man, it's only half full. Praise God, that means we have room for half. And if you go to the other service, and you go, this is only half full. Praise God, we have room to fill another half. That's some people may look at as a challenge. They may look at it and say, look at all these empty seats. Well, of course they're empty. We just started. I think on October 1st, our first Sunday, we're not going to go from this to twice that many. Maybe we will. That would be very exciting. (laughs) But I don't know if it's going to happen. Do you think it's going to happen? Does anybody think the first? uh, No, of course not. Okay. We're going to try some ropes. We're going to put some ropes on the seats. You've seen that in different theaters, haven't you? They've got little, little things roped off. Please don't move the ropes. You know what? No, no, we're going to have that front row wide open. If you want to come join me in the front row, there's always room. You know, there's no rules about sitting in the front. Nobody wants to sit in the front. That's why the front rows are empty. But um, I think Tim, Grace was just telling me that you guys were going to move to the front. Yes? <laughs> I have a lot of fun picking on people. If you don't know that, you should really know that by now. So we're going to put ropes in the rows. And we're going to do that so we can encourage people to sit together. I think it would be horrible to be a visitor to Grace and walk in and see some empty spaces and think you've got to sit all by yourself in the very back because you don't know what else to do. So hopefully the ropes minimize that. Seem fair? Also, have you noticed if you ever sit by yourself isolated, worship is awful. You feel like you're singing alone. Like, you know, you look around, all you can hear is you and then the band. Eh. So we're going to get everybody together. Um, we're going to have some food and snacks. We're going to have some between services. So praise God for that. But we're also going to have a cutoff time. We're not going to be serving food and snacks up to the hour. Sound good? You say, what's the cutoff time? You need to come and see. i got to have some surprises. <laughs> we're going to have coffee. 
and munchies, between services, you can fellowship, but no, there'll be a cutoff time. Now, in that cutoff time, you can go pray. <sighs> you can do what you're going to do, but we will have a cutoff time. But we want the fellowship. We want people to stay in contact. We know it's hard with people going different places. We know it's challenging. You may not see all the people that you usually see. We know that can be lonely. So come and fellowship. Get ready to pray a little bit. That's what we do here. It's going to be great. Let me give you a challenge. Eh. You don't have to live this to the T, but I think this is some pretty good advice. Worship at one. Serve at one. Pretty good, right? Worship at one. Serve at one. Which one? I don't know. And we know you can't, I know you can't do it every Sunday. I think that's realistic. But if you're Graysite, if you're in ministry anyway, stick around. Or if you're gonna if you're in ministry at the second service, come early. We've got two services now. For the first time in our church's history, we're doing something different in two services. We're having the exact same service. Same worship, same message. Same everything. We've never done it that way before. We've always had tweaks. We thought, oh, maybe the worship would be streamlined. Maybe it would be a different day with a different message. But now we're doing it the same. So what do you miss? Work at one, or yeah, worship at one, serve at one. However, whichever order seems to work for you. You know, we develop spiritually by doing. We do. We develop spiritually by doing. Sometimes it's ministry. Sometimes it's outreach. Sometimes it's prayer. Sometimes it's money. Maybe it's a combination of all those things. There's other things, too. But we develop by doing. We don't develop by thinking. I think a lot about being big and muscular. How do you think I'm going to become big and muscular? By working out, right? And, you know, I've, I've talked about this. You Graysites know this. Next year, my brother and I actually are now going to go running with the bulls. So we bought our airplane tickets. I'm, I'm excited. I'll get out. And I know my brother found out online you need to run four blocks with an average speed. The bulls run an average speed of 14 miles an hour. Four blocks, 14 miles an hour. i got to get in shape. i got to get ready for 14 miles an hour for four blocks. So later on today, I plan on go taking some ladies' purse. I've got some things in mind, but I've got to get in shape. My, my mother's fast. I'm not, I got to take somebody slower. I just start off and get up there. Okay. Uh, this is something, if you've been at Grace at more than once, more than once, more than once, if you've been here long enough, to be hospitable. Welcome people. They need you to welcome them, invite somebody else to talk. Say, I don't know who a member is. Who cares? We're going to get visitors. They don't know who members are. Have them sit next to you. Lead them back for food. But if you've been here more than once, we need you to do it. We all do it together. This is our time to build. Years ago, when our, first, our church first started, I was the youth group. 
I was. I was a young teenager, and I wanted to have friends in church. I'm sure you can imagine that seems reasonable. And uh, I would come to church, and wherever I sat, the youth group went. <laughs> it was lonely. So I would get people in my crosshairs, and I would target them to tell them about God, people who I liked. I figured if I could tell them about God, then maybe I could make our youth group bigger. I found Mike Fantry in high school in 10th grade. I put my crosshairs there, and I thought, this guy seems pretty cool. I'll hang out with this guy. I can only understand half of what he says because the other half are curse words, but I like him. No, it's true. I'm not. He wasn't a believer. So I got, my, I got my crosshairs there, and I remember we went over to his place, his parents' place, not his place, his parents' place, and I, we started talking about the Lord, and he got saved that night, and I thought, yes, we've doubled. <laughs> that mindset, we always need to have it. I found over the years that I need to keep that mindset, too. If I want something at church, I have to build it. It certainly isn't because I'm a pastor. It's because it's just how it goes. If you've got an idea for something, we can do a lot here. Communicate it. Come talk about it. But when it comes to people, it's all of our job to build it. The Bible is crystal clear on hospitality. Being hospitable, welcoming. None of Welcoming. Breaking out of clicks. Making it go. mentioned some of this already, but please keep in mind the idea of attending one, serving one. Pray for us. Always pray for us, regardless of what service you go to or service you minister at or whatever. Pray for us. I think we have a wonderful congregation. I cannot say that. We're not perfect, but we look to move up the way with the Lord. We really do. We look to move up the way. The Holy Spirit, His job is to walk us up the way. Is we're flexible, he walks us. It's this wonderful relationship we have. So with that attitude, can you think of any reason why people wouldn't want to come here? So we tell them, you know, in the last week, it's funny, I've been, God, who can I invite to church? In my job, I work with Judy. She already comes here. That's 100% of the staff i got to find people to invite. So I think, God, who can I invite? Who can I invite? You know, last week, I found four people who are looking for churches. Hey, you should go to that, that, that church up the road. No, I invited them here. I was really excited to do it. I invited them here. If you're looking for, build it. This is new times. This is new growth. In life growth. I'm talking about your life growth. If numeric growth happens, praise God, but our job is to be out there. Don't you think this is exciting? In celebration, a year from now, I know the Zettings are going to host a steak dinner. They may be out of town when that happens. <laughs> praise God. Please stand up. I hope I got it. If you have any questions about ministry, What's going on in your ministry? Just ask your ministry lead. I think that that, that ministry director will be able to tell you stuff. Uh, there's been a lot of people working on this behind the scenes. Uh, the worship groups, and I say worship groups mean sound and media, of course, all ministries as a whole. Phil McCabe has been very active. Um, there's going to be growth. There's going to be tweaks and change. 
what is this training for, isn't it? Well, let's pray. Father God, we do. We move forward with you. Always up the way, Lord. We may not know what's up the way, but we look to move up the way. We thank you for the biblical examples of the men and women who have gone before who did move up the way. Lord God, as a church, this second service, we don't know what's going to happen, but we give it to you. We give it to you as an act of worship and how we live our lives. We give it to you as an act of representative act of how you move through our lives. Just a demonstration, Lord, that we can demonstrate that you move through so wonderfully. Lord God, we pray for a good week for everybody here that they draw closer to you in fresh and new ways that people discover more about you as they search and as they seek. Pray for safety and health. Good clarity on planning for lives, Lord, as they choose service times and ministries. God, I thank you for every individual. I really do. In Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. Have a good week. Please come forward for prayer and fellowship.